start with American songwriter. My brother-in-law, Sean Olbs of the Eiffels, was able to talk to Icarus, Tom and Ian of Icarus, along with Jamie and Commons over Zoom video. Tom and Ian of Icarus were able to talk about their journey in music and how they formed the group, as well as uh, Jamie and Commons talks about how he got into music. They talk about how they were able to uh, collaborate with each other and all about their brand new song together called Moment in Time. You can watch the interview with Sean Olbs of the Eiffels, Tom, Ian, and Jamie and Commons on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Bringing Back Pod. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're Bringing It Backwards with Tom and Ian of Icarus and Jamie in Commons. All right, everybody. I got Icarus today with me as well of, as Jamie and Commons and uh, really stoked to talk to you guys. You guys are joining us all the way from the UK today and it's like what, uh, eight o'clock over there at, at night right right now? It's, it's 12 p.m. over here. It is, it is, yes. The sun's almost down. I can see off in the distance. It looks like you got some pretty good lighting though there, Jamie. It looks like you're, it looks like it's like midday in your camera shot. And Tom looks like he's like, it's like 11 PM in his like, <laughs> in yeah, his I don't tour. know why it's so dark. It's the, it's the wall. Yeah. It's the dark wall. Got it. Ian looks like he's somewhere in between. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't see the sunset here as well. So I'm just in so, the so I know you guys just dropped a new single together uh, called Moment in Time. I was listening to it. Great stuff. Um, but before we talk about that, um, you guys may mind taking us back and just telling us how you got into music to begin with? Yeah, sure. sure. I'll go first. Um, so we weren't, Tom and I don't really come from a, a massively musical background. Like our, it's not as if our, our parents were pushing music on us. Um, like our mum played a bit of piano, um, but that was it really. Um, we had like cousins that we used to hang out with quite a lot, and they and they used to listen to to music, and we and that that was the way we kind of got introduced to some artists like super early on. Um, so people like Michael Jackson, um, back when we were like I don't know ten or younger. That's what the sort of stuff we were exposed to. So that's that's where it kind of started for us is our fascination with like Michael Jackson back back in the day. Um, and then from there, we, we started to like learn instruments at, at school, at primary school. Um, we played like all the kind of standard stuff like recorder, uh, trumpet, uh, acoustic guitar, things like that, just kind of cycled through a load of instruments. But always enjoyed playing music and learning like different instruments. So from there, um, like we just got more and more into it. And when we were teenagers, um, that was when it kind of crossed over to uh, like playing in bands together. We used to jam in um, our mates' garages. Um, I played guitar, Tom played bass. And um, throughout our teenage years, we were we were in various bands together. We used to play at like mates parties and in fields and like village halls and things like that. Just, you know, for, for fun really. Um, but yeah, we just always like classic uh, West country stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like just random, <laughs> random <laughs> parties, but it was always us. Like we were always the, the entertainment. So I guess it's, yeah, still the case, but, um, 
yeah, that was kind of our our start of the journey. Um, as most people, just a hobby, and then from from being in bands, it, it crossed over to electronic music um, in a sort of late teens, didn't it, Tom? If you want to take, yeah, it's when you yeah, basically. Tom. What what do you think caused that shift? Uh, you know, because uh, a lot of times those are two different worlds. You know what I mean? The uh, yeah. the garage band, you know, and and what kind of what kind of music was it? Was it uh, was it hard rock? Was it kind of indie rock? Was it it's a bit of a mixture, to be honest. We kind of played all sorts. Um, we used to do like um, Zeppelin covers and, um, you know, a bit of like Nirvana or Hendrix, stuff like that. Um, right. But we were listening to, I mean, it was a bit of a, a weird um, transition when we were teenagers. Like at 12 years old, I was into sort of hard house and trance. And then mm. as, as we started playing instruments, 13, 14, that's when it was like um, like American hardcore and and like punk and stuff like that. We listened to like No Effects and Pennywise and then yeah, you know, Machine Head and all sorts of stuff. Um, yeah. So you guys were yeah. in electronica before, and then you before, left, kind of started playing some music, some, yeah. some kind of uh, some band driven music, and then you got back into it later. Yeah, I think basically when, once you start to get close to eighteen, and you can go out to clubs you start going to bars and everything and you're starting <laughs> yeah. to hear more dance music exactly. uh that makes sense yeah and that's that was it like electronic music i think really from um seven about 17 college onwards um yeah going going out to clubs as soon as you could get in a club it was um yeah like drum and bass and hip-hop and stuff and 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 got back into the electronic side and when we started well actually when we left college we didn't know really what we wanted to do with our lives there's there's like nearly three years between me and Ian. Um, I finished art college and somehow persuaded our parents to let me go and study music. Um, and I ended up moving in with three DJs. Uh, so I went to study bass guitar and I was playing in bands and stuff then, but um, yeah, I was just coming home and, and wanting to learn how to mix vinyl and started like a vinyl obsession at, at 18 and then that naturally led on to production and a few of those housemates and friends that that you just used to meet at, at that age um were into production is that back in bristol that was or actually in guildford. Back in bristol? I, I moved to guildford wow. um, yeah there's a place down there called acm it's like, like the academy of contemporary music which actually ian came down to afterwards as well yeah um but I think we both kind of got the taste for it then, didn't we? And it, it, it was drum and bass for a few, quite a few years. But um, then once we'd both done our degrees in, in that, you know, in, in live music, whilst we were playing live music still, and actually we played in a, in a live um, drum and bass band at the time, uh, we both started pr producing. And, and that's kind of when we started making music together, um, made really awful drum and bass. <laughs> That sounds cool, that's, though. You know, I've, that's I've so I've, interesting because I'm sorry, sorry to interrupt, but like I had so many friends that went to university in Bristol, and it was like it was that kind of thing where everyone was into rock or indie and stuff before, and bands that were knocking about at the time, Strokes and Libertines and whatever, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and then um, yeah, going to Bristol specifically, there was such a big dance scene and such big, especially live drum and bass as well that you mentioned it. Like everyone got into like live drum and bass bands. It was like yeah. it's such a big student town, all that kind of stuff. It, 
yeah. you know, and obviously the history of Bristol is, you know, it's massive attack and Port's head and mixing all these genres together and all that kind of stuff. But it's, I always wonder that thing, if I went to university in, in Bristol rather than going down to London, like whether I would have had that same, like, okay, yeah, man, it's all about that, that dance music thing now, you know? Well, that yeah. was the thing when I was actually studying in Guildford, but driving up to Bristol all the time to go mm. to like the Academy and watch Ronnie Size do represent live or mm. London Electricity used to play live. And we, there was like amazing uh, like drum and bass raves at the Academy. And there was a little thing at a place called Native called Run like every Tuesday. So I'd be up and down the M4 like every <laughs> week coming to Bristol to see drum and bass. I was just about to say, I, I remember being a huge drum and bass fan uh, kind of back in high school. You know, you'd go to these parties or these raves. Um, back in L.A. used to have these massive raves and uh, they they since were outlawed in, in, in Los Angeles. So now they're all in Vegas and other parts of the United States. Yeah. But uh, but I remember going to the drum and bass rooms and just thinking that that's, that kind of set was like the most badass uh, electronic music for me. And uh but I've never seen it performed live. So it sounds like that'd be a cool scene. Yeah. There's, there's, a, there's a crossover. Oh, sorry, you go, you go. Sorry. I was just going to say, like you were saying, Jamie, there was there was definitely like an era, a period where it was quite, it wasn't that unusual to have live drum and bass bands. It was, it was a thing that doesn't really happen that much now. Um, there's obviously Ronnie Sykes still, I think, does his live show. But yeah, there was definitely felt like there was a, a period of time where people were experimenting with taking that sound live. It is pretty, it's pretty hard to achieve like a good, a good sound. You've got to have a good drummer as you can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. A good drummer and, uh, and kind of have the mic set up, I guess, in a way where they yeah. kind of really hits. Well, it, well, it's a crossover. I mean, <clears throat> it makes sense with, um, going from metal to drum and bass because they're both 200 BPM, you know, yeah. or 180 BPM. So all these metal drummers who are like, you know, <laughs> I'm getting no chicks doing metal. <laughs> and then doing these side gigs doing like drum and bass where they get to still be like absolutely you know joey jordanson out like you know like playing these crazy things and then uh but there was actually girls there i remember i had a few friends that were like became drum and bass drummers because of that <laughs> right i was about to ask if that was part of the motivation from going from garage rock or whatever you were playing to uh let's play some club friendly music you know there seems to be a little bit more more chicks at these places pleading the fifth on that one <laughs> for for you brits the fifth amendment is i'm not going to incriminate myself by <laughs> answering that question fifth amendment constitution over here um but uh so so jamie tell us how you got your start because uh you're you were kind of on a on a different wave uh at least uh at least where you ended up but of course you guys' paths crossed uh recently but uh how did you get started in music well, I, I kind of went the complete opposite way. So I was, um, I started a band when I was about 16, like this kind of punk rock band. We weren't trying to be punk, but we were just like pretty terrible. So we, you know. <laughs> by default, but by yeah, musical yeah, yeah. skill, you were punk. <laughs> basically, yeah, basically, yeah. Like, you know, like in, in my area at the time, it was, everyone was trying to be the Libertines or the Strokes or Muse. Right. You know, so like that was like the, the you know, one of the what, you could be one of those two types of bands. And obviously we didn't have the skill to the muse thing. So it was <laughs> uh -huh. it was fast and it was three chords and it was, you know, that kind of stuff. Sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I came down to London to university and um, obviously didn't have any bandmates. And at the same time, got really into 
folk music and like Nick Drake and all this kind of stuff. So just spent, you know, a year or two learning acoustic guitar in my, you know, dorm room and that kind of stuff. And then, um, yeah, just got it. There was a, there was this whole West London folk scene happening then with, you know, Mumford were probably the, the ones that broke through the most, but you know, you had these acts like Laura Marling, Johnny Flynn, who's now like a big actor randomly, you know, um, and all that kind of stuff. So you could go and see those people and there'd be like 20 people in the crowd. And it was just, you know, this really cool thing it was like, everyone had basically just heard the Oh Brother Art that soundtrack at the right time. And was like now <laughs> off age to be in bars. Right. Trying that was, to su- it that off, was such know? a thing. Yeah, it was, it was so, that, that sound blew up. Mm. Yeah, totally. I mean, that, that's, that, that's the whole of Mumford. It's just like that, yeah. that record. Cause you've got the whole of Bluegrass, Appalachia, Americana on it. Yeah. It's like, here's the blueprint, bam, you know. Yeah. <laughs> take, take, you know, it's a great, it's basically like a greatest hits rework of all those genres. Um, and yeah, so so I went, I was loud and I was only going to metal shows as a kid and all that kind of stuff. I was like, why would you go to a show if you can't like go, you know, jump into other sweaty little 16 year olds? Like, what, what's <laughs> right. the point of going to, yeah. the point of going to a gig unless you can't do that? Right. So, I mean, which is the same as dance. Like, what's the point if you can't like, you know, get up and do stuff, you know? Uh, and then I went the complete opposite way and I was like, no, let's sing about the sea and forests, <laughs> uh-huh. stuff like that, you know, yeah. <laughs> and my heart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> stuff like that. I, I used um, to feel the same way about music for, for a good period of time. It was like, I only liked it if it was fast and had like a lot of energy, you know? Yeah. I mean, when you're young, I mean, what you need, you need that anger, you need that violence, you know? Right. You need that kind of stuff, you know? And that's the same as like hip hop now. It's like, that's obviously the kids are most into hip hop stuff. Like that's got the, it's got the attitude. It's got the oh, feeling, yeah. you know? Yeah. Right, that angst. You need something that's that's matching kind of the BPMs of your hormones at the moment. You know, it's yeah. kind of mm. it's therapeutic for you. Totally, totally. So, and you know, you've been, uh, you know, at your best, you've been called, you've been compared to Tom Waits and, and Nick Cave. Were, were those some of your your influences as well? Because those are really cool, great, you know, kind of gothic <laughs> artists. Yeah, totally. I think that's, that's 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 kind of the early day stuff. I was writing more kind of murder ballady that kind of thing and then um kind of progressed into you know more just finding a home in the business and all that kind of stuff and then you know finding out what what you can do to keep the train rolling really you know and realizing that also there's only one tom waits there's only one nick cave it's like you can't try and be one of those guys you know and it's like finding your own kind of path within it um so yeah which which is you know brought me to to co-writing with you know with people like the wonderful licorice and, and other people and um you know, and then uh, doing sessions and writing songs and, and, and I enjoy, I think I enjoy much, much more because I can do a lot of different genres and do a lot of different things, you know, doing my own project, doing, you know, writing sessions with, with these guys, DJ stuff or writing sessions with artists or uh, doing the sync stuff as well. So yeah, I've, I've really become like a jobbing musician after, you know, kind of evolved from a solo artist into kind of a, you know, doing a bunch of different things, which I think, ultimately in life makes me more happy because I was never I was never that guy that wanted to be you know your Freddie Mercury type on the stage you know, mm. you, know. You, didn't, you didn't need like all the glory to to yourself or, or, or do you well, mean, I mean more it, it, than the theatrics lovely. of it, it all it's lovely and it's right. lovely and I feel like I've had those moments in life you know like supporting Springsteen a few other different things where I've had that it's brilliant but all of the stuff that comes with that it just harshly outweighs the you know <laughs> that wonderful five seconds of, of, being, of, that, <laughs> yeah. of that like Oh, this is great! I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm the best person ever. You know, like the crushing, <laughs> the crushing weight of trying to keep that up is, you know, as we yeah. see with many artists, definitely <laughs> is, is, is more than most men can handle. And I, and I realize that, and I'm glad that I never really got there. 
that way. <laughs> I was, I've actually, I don't know if I've ever asked an artist this, but I, I feel like it's something I've wondered about with artists who co-write with a lot of uh, other artists. Uh, do you ever feel like you have a finite amount of ideas and that you, and then like you're in a writing room and you're giving like this great idea to maybe another artist and it, and thinking like, Hey, this could have been a Jamie, you know, in common song and I'm giving it away. Do you feel that you must not feel it bec- uh, too much because you, you're doing it so often with other artists, but uh, does that feeling ever creep in? Like, wow, this is a real jewel. I might've kept this for myself. I think you do as a young musician, you have that a lot that you think like, this is the one that's going to break. But then yeah. it comes back around to, you know, like, like back around to the Icarus guys. Like it is so much about the production and the context of the thing that you're doing is, you know, like it's interesting that um, I'll, I'll shut up and let you guys talk in a minute. But the, um, <laughs> the uh, you know, you know, that yesterday film, the, the Beatles one, where the guy wakes yeah. up and no one knows who the Beatles is. And he's got all the Beatles yeah. songs in his head. Yeah. It's such a ridiculous yeah. concept to me. Because so much of the Beatles is in the Beatles singing. Was the concept of them, right? The production and the time and the context of everything. It's like you could, you know, people have spent their entire lives, these cover bands, minutely trying to figure out every single tiny different sound and aspect of that. And it's still not the same thing. The magic is still not there. So it's like, yes, they're great songs, but it takes people, you know, like Icarus and and another great producer and stuff to, to make that thing happen. And, it, and, and you can have the best song in the world, but it can, it's, it's in the production where the magic really makes it to the forefront. I mean, I, I mean, there's a million examples of songs where if the production wasn't just right, right. it's a house of cards, every production I feel that's great, it has that tension where it can fall apart at any time. You know, and it's, and it's that, that thing that makes it great. And, and there will always be other ideas, you know. I mean, we're, we're 100, music into pop music, 100 years into popular music, there will always be other ideas, you know. Right. Yeah. That's such I a think, great way of looking at it. I yeah, think the I context think, is, is so much of, of what you think about an artist, which is why aesthetic videos, the person who's actually giving you that song. Uh, it's so true. Go, go ahead, Ian. I was just going to say, like Jamie hit on something that like, is so true that especially when you're starting out in music and you're, say if you're, you're starting your artist career, you're so precious about what you write initially. And you, you do think when you've got something good and you think there's something special about it you can be like pin all everything on it and you're like this is the one this is this is everyone's going to connect with this and nine times out of ten that just it doesn't happen the way you think it will so I think it's a process and over like we've all been doing this quite a number of years now and you, you can appreciate when something's good but like Jamie said it's it's good for what it is and when you wrote it and it's we, what we've come to realize and learn is just um, enjoy what you're like you're writing at the time and put it out there and if that's collaboration and it's not got your name on it fine whatever however things happen just kind of take them for what they are and see what happens with it but yeah in the early days you put so much pressure and expectation on on ideas and when you think they're good you just like yeah it, it's but it's it's a process you break your heart over and over yeah, again. Yeah, you do over and over again. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess that's what that's one of those things. You just gotta love and and let go. Yeah, exactly. over and over yeah. again. Yeah. So so both of you guys have 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 released some music recently. So uh, so Jamie, you you released a single for Franca recently, and uh, 
and Icarus, you guys recently um, dropped uh, your your a whole album last year, uh, Unfold. But yep. uh, but tell us how uh, you guys put together your your newest single, which uh, at the time of recording this isn't out just yet. Uh, but uh, when are you guys going to be dropping that? And uh, maybe tell Four. us a little bit about the story behind it. Four, Four hours time. It's going to be out um, in this nice. country anyway. Okay. But, yeah. So um, uh, yeah. on the West Coast here, I guess a, that'll be 12 a, hours from now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's been um yeah, it's been quite a quite a process this one actually. We we started it quite a few years ago. Um in a studio in London which doesn't exist anymore. Um the old EMI studios. We had um I can't remember if we had one or two days or if me maybe me and Ian were there for two days and uh us three were together for, for one of those days. Um but yeah, we start. We started this record. We had the idea. Um, I think Ian, you had the demo on your laptop, which, which had the, the chimes idea going—a very basic version of, of what the record is now. And um, yeah, Jamie came in and, and kind of it would have been. It's one of those things where you start a session off and you play loads of ideas and you see if anything connects, if anything grabs someone's ear. Um, and that one caught Jamie, and we just kind of worked through it. We, did, we hadn't written the track and we said, okay, cool. Like you write on this bit and stuff like this. It was a, it was like a, a real collaboration session in that one. And we did end up kind of, um, you know, creating the form, the old version anyway, the form in, in that day. Um, and we were quite lucky with the setup there. There was a piano we had a big, um, a big, room where where Jamie could record vocal and there was also a piano in there so there's the bit in the middle of the track where we kind of break everything down and we've got all these piano noodles that were just kind of caught um on on microphone where we weren't actually recording anything we just left it running um and then Ian and I kind of pieced those those together um for this final version which I thought was like really nice that those were just kind of you know outtakes outtakes yeah just caught um without meaning to um but yeah we we were going to try and release this at the time and for for one reason or another schedules didn't work and we both artists ended up writing other things and kind of it just didn't it, it didn't feel it didn't feel quite right and and we just kind of went okay we'll call we'll we'll do our other things and we'll see what happens and then you know, we've endured these last 12 months and, and Ian and I started chatting, I don't know, it was probably April, May last year and this record came up. We were listening through demo ideas that we had. Um, it was after we dropped Unfold and we were kind of in this like, oh, what do we do now place? Um, and yeah, this record came about and the, there's something about the title just felt really, um, you know, relevant. And, and as time sure. has, has gone on, it's got it's got more and more relevant so we thought right okay cool let's give it another go let's let's revisit it and yeah just start actually at first we um overcomplicated as we usually do when we go back to an idea made it worse for a bit <laughs> and, uh, 
chucked everything at it and then you know after a while ended up stripping stripping stuff back getting it back to to what we felt it should be jamie came back in you know redid the vocals had fresh ears on it fresh take um and we finally yeah like got it to a place where like it's now this is this is right so yeah. it's just it's a standalone piece that we we you know just really excited to to get out into the world now I, I like the fact that this is just a one-off for, for right now um and finally feels like yes we've nailed it <laughs> that's really that's funny it. you were saying you're saying about the reworking thing like because that's so true on on so much production now because you have every tool at your disposal don't you to to basically fuck it up yeah. so i don't know if you can say that yeah fuck it up. yeah sure um but um <laughs> You know, and, and uh, basically you can rework it in every possible way now, you know. And I found that, like, I'm, I'm working on some stuff at the moment. It's like there's just so many tools in the in the arsenal that it is, it's overwhelming, you know. Yeah. Um, but sometimes you need to get it wrong every way to know that yeah. that original version is the right way. It's, yeah, like, it's yeah. like that, yeah. uh, what's that, what's that great Sherlock Holmes quote where it's like, if you remove the impossible, then you're left with the answer. You know, it's like, yeah. it's like so, sometimes you just got to get it wrong every way to be like, actually, yeah, that simple guitar, yeah. vocal, and a kick job. That's enough. That's the that's where the beauty lies in this thing. So yeah, I, I've definitely been there over the last few months, and I'm sure the months to come just completely wasted hours trying to add <laughs> seven, seventy layers of some nonsense onto something to realize that actually it's there all along. Yeah, yeah. I my my fiance is. I'm going to misquote it, but you'll get the essence. But basically, it's like, even if the first dress you try on looks the best, you still got to try on the other dresses in the store just to make sure. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so there's a there's a, a female perspective on, on that. But uh, I was also going to say, sometimes if you sit on a track too long, I feel like you can get ear fatigue maybe to it. And then so adding something new just sounds good. And you're like, oh, wow, this sounds cool. Like, I yeah. like this. Uh, but it, you're you're simply liking it just because it's new and it's freshening up the track to your ear, which is now getting tired to it. So, so bringing yeah. Jamie in with some fresh ears, like you said, uh, you know, or any anyone's fresh ears is is probably a good idea. And and maybe let them listen to the old one and then the new one too, and be like, you know, am I did I mess it up or did I improve it? <laughs> yeah, yeah well, so I'm, okay. I'm a big fan of like uh, of Damon Allman and all that kind of stuff, like Blur and all things, and he. He does. He always releases his early demos on some stuff. Like you can go and check out like the the early demos of the Gorilla stuff, and this and they're awful. They're just like plain <laughs> awful. You can cut. You can hear the song in there, but it's like yeah. he's sitting there, like you know, like a little Suzuki Omnicord, and he's just like in the hotel room. Clearly, he's been like, you know, whatever. Like uh, you know, like uh, it's just like terrible. <laughs> right. But then you hear that you know. But then obviously, like Gorillas is some of the best production in the last twenty years. It's like totally. But I, I love that he does that, where it's like, it just gives you hope, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You go listen to those, those, all those weird little EPs that you release of early demos, and you go, yeah, it does start somewhere, doesn't it? You know what I mean? Like, it is a process, and it's, you know, yeah. I always go listen to those when I'm feeling down in the dumps about some sort of production. You're like, no, 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 like, it can be, like, my, my demo is better than that. Surely, yeah. <laughs> that can get up there. Yeah. Totally. I mean, the, seeing the seeing the cracks in, in, in your heroes uh, gives you hope, like you said, and... uh 
And and early on, like you said, I, you're like, I was kind of a punk band just because the talent wasn't there yet. But uh, but that's what inspired me to start playing music was punk rock, because I was I'd look up some some punk rock song that I liked. You guys were throwing out some names of punk bands from the 90s, like No Effects and Pennywise. You know, I was looking up some guitar tabs and I was like, hey, wait a second, I can play this song. You know, yeah. that's all I got to do because and then, you know, and snarl into a microphone. All right. I think we can do this. <laughs> <laughs> so guys thanks so much for joining us i have listened to the track it's great uh I'm, I'm looking forward to the world hearing it you know icarus you guys your, your music I, I i've read a description and i think it's it's true it's got this weightless polished you know vibe to it which and, and I, I feel like that word weightless is is really describes it feels light and airy and and and, and the production's great so and uh and and that's evident in the new track and uh and Jamie, I was listening to your stuff all last all last week, and it's really great stuff. So if you haven't already, check out for Franca, um, as well as the new single by both Jamie and Commons and Icarus. But uh, we like to end the interview uh, by asking, and I'd love to get all your all three of your perspectives, Tom and Ian of Icarus and, and Jamie and Commons. Um, what if you had one piece of advice for aspiring artists? What would it be? Uh, do your own thing. Don't try and copy anyone else. Take inspiration, but make sure that you just pursue what you want to pursue. And yeah, don't don't just try and rip someone off. You can start by ripping them off, but take it somewhere different. Just do your own thing. Yeah. And I would say if you're going to be a producer the best thing you can do is vocal production, learn vocal production above everything because the rest of it you can do with loops. But if you can, if you can, if you want to be, if you can be like a songwriter producer who can make someone's vocal sound amazing, you can write a very simple song these days and it will sound right up there with the rest of them. You know, the rest of it you can do, you know, on splice loops and all that kind of stuff. But if you can get really, really good at vocal production that as a producer songwriter, you'll go a long, long way, I think. Yeah. That's that's some really that's more, of, that's more of a producer songwriter thing rather than like an artist thing because I completely I was I would say like I would add to the I'm 100 would mirror what 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 um, the Chris guys just said on on just try and do something weird because what is a what is a pop song these days you know what is uh, you know there used to be like a type of song that is a pop song whereas now yeah. you know it's so easy to copy everything that everyone copies the same sort of sound so yeah. if you come along with something completely insane. Like, even if it's not a good pop song, it's like, someone's going to be like, have you heard this? Even if it's bad, you're like, this yeah. is insane. You know what I mean? Some like death grips or something like what? You got to send it to someone and go, what even is this? I don't, you know, like, and that's the start. And then you've got an in, you know, then you're, then you're, you know, yeah, yeah. the individual. That's, that's, and know, you got really eyes. Like, yeah, exactly. I know that's a very like cliche thing. Just be an individual, but it is true. It's like, just go for it. If it's in your heart, just fucking, you know. Be like, totally. yeah, I'm going to sing about whatever weird subject is, is going to be, you know, sung about. Yeah, I think I think it's great advice about the the, vo the, the, the vocal that. advice is really just practical, uh, functional advice, though, because that's so true. You know, we have so much at our disposal as far as uh, loops and um, and splices and all that stuff. But the one thing you can't really recreate is, is vocal. So you got to learn that 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 tool, that function. Totally, totally. Tom. 
Yeah. Bestow the wisdom on us. I would say that there's kind of two things that kind of come out the back of what what Jamie said. So self-belief is so if we're talking about aspiring, it's self-belief and managing your own expectation. Um, I think at the beginning, if you really want to do it and you really believe in what you're doing, then stick with it. But do not expect it to happen like that overnight. It's so rare that it does. And it's so rare that you are actually good enough when you first start for people to take you seriously or, you know, actually enjoy what they're listening to. And I think that was something that was like difficult for me personally and maybe us together, Ian, like when we first started, you think you're there straight away and nine times out of 10, you're not. So just like sticking at it and and learning and getting on YouTube and seeing what other people do and really like sticking at it and, and trying, to, trying to figure out your craft um, and sticking with the self-belief and it will, it will finally start, things will fall into place. But yeah, I think having the uh, humility to, to maybe realize that at the beginning, you might not be a, a superstar. Right, right. Managing those expectations. I think it gives you more, um, it gives you, uh, it gives you more energy, I think, to, to, for the long haul, if you manage your expectations that way too. Because if you, if you think the finish line is just ahead, you know, you might start sprinting and burn yourself out or, or do, or do something, you know. Um, but if you, if you are just, mentally in it for the long haul regardless of what happens i think that really helps definitely i remember i remember i saw a uh oh sorry you go tom i was just gonna say i agree it's always long game i remember i saw this um this interview with will smith and he was it was around like 1998 99 you know he's got independence day men in black he's probably the biggest film star in the world and yeah he's, uh, he's on some chat show and they're like how do you you know like you know, you're the biggest film star in the world, you know, like, how do you take, take hold of that kind of feeling? It's like, well, the whole, the whole way that I ever thought about it was, is it's like a brick wall, you know, basically you take every single brick and you try and lay that brick the most perfect way you can lay that brick, you know? And if you, if you lay it wonky and you just kind of half-ass it, it's going to be a shitty brick and then you're building a wall and then eventually it'll fall down. But if you just focus on these, little things and just do it the best you can every single time eventually you stand back and you go oh i've got a wall you know so it's that kind of thing it's just taking those little things and really trying to do the best work you can do on that specific thing and then eventually those build up and then obviously you get better as well and you develop as an artist and you develop as a writer a producer whatever it is and yeah and one day you step back and you go oh that's the thing but yeah it's, it's you know i think you're you're often you watch a movie and it's like it always has that montage moment doesn't it it's like yeah. they're in the, they're in a they're in a garage you know they're in like a basement practicing and it's like hey you guys are signed montage do, 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 do. and they have that record you know the records come up and the records rising through the charts like, right. you know, it's, it's craft it's something you have to work on and and you know it, and and i think the thing that i've come to terms with over the years um is if you're in the game that's the win isn't it really you know what i mean like if you can yeah. if you can if you can somehow still just be writing music in your pants in a dressing gown <laughs> and not be it's at a call center somewhere or some other shitty job that I've had, whatever, like you're winning, you know, it's like, okay, sure. Whatever. You're not like whatever Lady Gaga or that kind of stuff, but 
I guarantee you probably wouldn't want to be Lady Gaga. You know, I bet there's nine, to- nine days out of 10, Lady Gaga doesn't want to be Lady Gaga. It's like there's, <laughs> there's scales to it. And if you can work in music and just have that kind of like rolling professionalism, like work ethic and, and these little moments come and obviously we're releasing a single and that's so sick. You know, you just have these little moments. And, and, and even though we wrote this song years and years ago, it comes back and you go, oh yeah, that was good work. And it's coming back now. Yeah. To like you, yeah. and, and that feeling kind of comes, you know, it's like in these little ways rather than big swaths of like, that's, this is my career. I have, I have conquered the music world forever. <laughs> plant my flag. And, now I'm, and, and then what? You know what I mean? And then you're not, you're not happy after that. It's like, you, you know, so it's, the point is just to keep working and having, and enjoy the game, enjoy the craft and, and and if you know that's that's the that's the joy of it it's just is enjoying making the music yeah totally great perspective will smith good job yeah. <laughs> well. <laughs> i love that though i love I, I love that perspective um and and yeah like you said if you're in the game you're you're already winning you know you're doing something you love and and uh you know, I, I was speaking with um, another artist the other day and, and he had a great perspective, which was that music is one of the few industries that people judge you based on superstardom as making it. You know what I mean? Like, oh, uh, yeah. you know, if if you're a superstar, you've made it. But he's like, no, if you're actually just doing this for a living, if you're if you're putting out music regularly, then that's that's success. You know, yeah. well, think think how many. You know, there's one. Well, there's a, like seven, eight billion people in the world. Probably a billion of them, of at least or two billion, of them, have picked up an instrument at one point that in their lives and gone. You know, have imagined themselves on a stage at Glastonbury or whatever, Lollapalooza, whatever, filling yeah. the blank, and and they got and they had that vision, and that you can be one of the you know people that's kind of doing it for a living is such a, you know, it's so sick, it's amazing, it's amazing. I, I would never have if 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 sixteen year old Jane was like, oh yeah, you'd just be still doing it and you know making decent money off it and getting to fly around the world and work with wonderful people you know obviously like Icarus and a bunch of others then you know I would have been like that's that's a dream I can say you know hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> 